Hey, what's going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Well, today is April 28th, 2022. It is currently 12.43 a.m. in the morning. I'm up late. You know me. I burn the midnight oil. I do some work, do, fix up photos, answer emails. Uh, <laughs> answer a lot of emails. I get about 300 emails a day. And then work, do a little screenwriting. And then I uh, pop open my little cell phone here and start talking to you folks. Well, technically, I'm talking to myself, you know. You know, <laughs> I guess my podcast is a lot different because I don't have someone else across with me. That I, can, that I can bounce off ideas, someone who can fact check me when I'm going down the wrong avenue. Uh, but it's just me, right? So I guess I'm different from a lot of podcasts, and I'm just here. It's just me expressing my opinion, kind of giving you my daily journal of thoughts almost every single night or when I feel like podcasting. And, uh, you know, about a week ago, I gave my opinion on the Ursula Gal murder case. And I thought, you know, things really just didn't make sense um, from a screenwriter's point of view, because that's what all of my background is. My background is, is is as of a screenwriter, a professional storyteller. I'm not really an investigator. And I thought things really didn't make sense. And I thought, hey, you know, this husband has something to do with it. It just, things just kind of pointed in that direction. And, uh, you know, expressed my opinion. Apparently, I was wrong. I still think, even though, you know, the handyman, you know, confessed to her murder, and uh, I still don't, I still think there's a lot to the story, but I'm willing to accept that I'm wrong. You know, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Apparently, a lot of people didn't like it for the fact, not a lot. I think one or two people sent me some hate mails saying that, hey, hey, you know what? Ur- you know, Ursula Gale was such a beautiful girl, and then I should not be talking bad about her or anything like that. I never talked anything bad about her. You know, I thought she was a victim. And, and some people said, you know, some people thought, well, not I just one person thought that because I called her, you know, a bombshell, you know, no, didn't look like she had any fat on her. Of course, those are just, you know, exaggerations. You know, women have a lot of fat technically, scientifically, because they have boobs, right? But when I said, oh, she don't have any fat on her, they were taking that as though I was fat shaming the rest of the world. And apparently it was not okay to kill Ursula Gell because she's skinny. And I was saying it's okay to kill fat people. You know, you people out there who twist my words... There's something really wrong with you out there. <laughs> and I know there are so many people who do those kinds of things out, you know, out there because, you know, when I used to, you know, work in the professional storytelling business, more so in the, in the television industry and the entertainment industry, we would always, you know, try to rewrite certain sentences of dialogue and always we would always get the notes saying, oh, you know, this, this piece of dialogue could be interpreted this way and that one could be interpreted that way. So we'd rewrite things so they wouldn't be interpreted another way. And lo and behold, it would be interpreted a third way. <laughs> so you can't, you just can't escape it. There are just some people out there when you tell them, hey, you look really good today. And they'll interpret it as like, oh, so you're telling me I never look good? This is how they work. So, so you know, I'm out there just talking about, you know, Ursula Gal, right? And people are just getting pissed because I'm not pronouncing her name properly. Oh, they're getting pissed that I think there's something wrong with cheating on their husband. And there's something wrong that maybe I'm, I have something against women who have affairs. And, you know, all you people, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care about your opinion. I have my opinion. I'm just putting it out there. And that's it. That's really it. Now, 
the majority of you loved my opinion. You wrote all these like love emails. That's great. Thank you so much. And you know, like you looked through all of my podcasts out there and you found a lot of other like, you know, topics that I liked. And uh, you know, some of you agree with me politically, right? That's cool. I'm a Trump supporter. You know, if, if you're, if you'd hate Trump and you want to unsubscribe, do it right now. All right. And, uh, but if you, but if you want to learn something new, it's fine. It's fine. Right. But, um, and a lot of you expressed your opinion and in your and uh, recommend and you gave me some recommendations and you told me, hey Steve, you should you know, talk more about murders or mystery like murder mysteries, unsolved murders because maybe there's something there. And a lot of people liked my I guess my opinion. I brought you know. The way I saw, look look at murders, right, is I always take a look at people's stories, the stories that they're telling. And from a screenwriter's point of view, I'm just, I'm just fi- trying to find plot holes. Now, investigator, investigators call it inconsistencies. It's the same damn freaking thing, right? So when you can you know, figure out like all the little plot hole stories that don't make any sense, I'm sure a lot of you guys do that when you watch movies, right? Uh, you can kind of figure out who's lying and who's not. And then you have to kind of, you kind of have to dig in more to it because you, know, you have to kind of dig into their personality types and figure out what is the motivation if they are there to murder them. You know, what is their motivation? And that was the problem with the Ursula Gal case because, you know, the, the press, the police really didn't leak a lot of information out there. Um, they really, they had an idea of who this handyman was and they didn't even tell us how he looked, right? But we knew he was an ex-lover and usually the, you know, the ex-lover is very easy to, you know, to, to have a, to accuse an ex-lover of killing their their you know their, their mistress or or their or their former girlfriend right very very easy that's usually you know passion of crime that that is like the, the cliche type of passion that is the cliche reason to kill someone uh, if you want to dive into it further and through a psychological point of view um, it is called counterphobia where you destroy what you actually have a um, Paranoia. You destroy your paranoias instead of dealing with it. That's what counterphobia means, right? And most murders out there are counter are a result of counterphobia, unfortunately. So, um, you know, a lot of you again out there asked me, "Hey, Steve, can you actually cover more murders or cover more crimes out there and just give your opinion opinion on this entire thing?" And I think. I'll do that about once every week or something like that. And uh, so once every week, I think you, if you stay tuned to my podcast, you, you can look forward to like, you know, uh, my two cents on a murder that may have not made the headlines and or maybe a, an old murder. Uh, you know, one murder I want to talk about a lot. Um, and I'll try to do some research on this. It was the murder of Diane Suzuki here in Hawaii. Uh this happened back in the 1980s, uh, maybe the early 1990s. I'm not really sure. I, I have to take a look at it. But it happened when I was a kid. Um, I was born in the late 1970s. So, so again, if it happens in the 1980s, I'm just about like, you know, a little over like, you know, eight years old or a little over five years old. I'm really, I can't do the math right now. But um, anywhere between five to ten years old. So what do I know? And, you know, apparently this very beautiful young Japanese girl who was a fitness instructor, maybe a dance instructor, uh, suddenly she went missing. Uh, and uh, they never found her here in Hawaii. They never found her body, and that's very strange. And um, it's, it's still a mystery to this very day. They never found her, and um, it's it's kind of sad because her father uh, would leave um, the porch light on every single day until he died. And uh, I'm not sure if that was her only daughter or her only kid. It's so sad. And to the, to the very to the day he died, he never figured out. 
you know, um, who killed his daughter. And he never gave up hope that one day she would come back to him. So uh, I want to dive further into that mystery, uh, maybe in the later podcast. So uh, I have to do some research in, into that before I do, though. Now, what do I want to talk about today? Well, I got some sad news that I want to talk about. Uh, this just popped up in my news feed. And this is just really, really just, you know, kind of... Uh, kind of just shaking me a little bit, but, but a boy who was only 14 years old, um, he was charged with possibly raping a young girl, uh, a young girl, uh, her name is Lily Peters, and murdering her. This is just crazy. So I'm going to read you this article really quick, just excerpts of it. Um, it says, a judge in western Wisconsin ordered Wednesday that the boy arrested in the killing of Lily Peters be held on a $1 million cash bond after hearing that the teenage suspect allegedly admitted to killing and raping a 10-year-old girl. That is crazy. A 14-year-old? A 14-year-old <laughs> wants to rape someone? I mean, anyone. I, I mean, what is going on? Like, what type of parents did this kid have that is just crazy so the boy he admitted to punching the girl hitting her with a stick strangling her and sexually assaulting her and apparently um the investigator said that he intended to rape and kill peters from the get-go what he's only 14 years old you know i guess there's i I can't explain this you know if you if you were to ask me you know, to classify him as what type of personality type or just to write his personality, I would have to really sit down with this kid to think about what type of, you know, what type of kid would ever do this to another human being, especially when they're young. You know, I know 14-year-olds can be little, little devils, but this is like completely, you know, out of the ballpark. When we say, hey, my 14-year-old is a little devil, we're saying it... In a way of saying, it's a cliche, right? We don't really mean they're actually, you know, spawns of Satan. But in this case, this kid, you know, I mean, I, I think I think the only explanation right now that I can think is that this kid was raised really wrong. You know, did he have a father figure? Um, you know, what motivates, I mean, how does he even know about rape? How does he even know about sex at this age, right? And I realize there's a lot of, you know, the kids are just getting sexualized a lot younger. But I would like to know what turned this kid into a murderer and a rapist. I mean, that's a pretty good question, right? Because we don't want our kids to turn into that, right? What did these parents do that were so wrong? I mean, did he have these tendencies when he was a child? I mean, I think it's a really interesting question that we have to all ask ourselves, right? You know, at what moment? Does a serial killer become a serial killer, a murderer become a murderer, a thief become a thief, and the reasons why? And a lot of times it comes down to bad parenting. You have bad parents, you're going to turn into some like, you know, you're, you're, you're going to turn into some spawn of Satan, right? Um, and we're not going to blame Satan on it, we're going to blame the parents. But in this case, we don't even know if he has both parents, if they're really great parents, because apparently, sometimes... In some very unique cases, you can have really good parents, really wealthy parents, and those kids, you know, still end up killing people. And in some cases, they end up killing their own parents, even though their parents spoiled them rotten. 
So, so we have to really take a look. I'm, I'm going to be curious. I'm, I want to know more about this case. I want to know more about this kid um, and who he is. What triggered him? What turned him into this menace of society? And, uh, you know, uh, the, I guess he already, he already uh, um, um, admitted to killing and raping this girl. There's a $1 million cash bond on there. I would say there's no, there should be no cash bond on this kid. And, uh, and he should just be held without bond. I mean, um, but we have to take a look at um, the circumstances of this entire case. And they have to try this kid as an adult. And should we even think about, I'm not sure where they're, they're at. I think they're, they're in Wisconsin. Um, do they have the death penalty in Wisconsin? I mean, would you be comfortable putting this kid to death or would you be comfortable rehabilitating him? Because if he's tried as a kid, all right, when he turns 18 or 21 years old, I'm not sure what the law is, but he can actually get released. And that's a scary thing. Now, I have my own experience with um, dealing with kids who actually kill people. Uh, I used to teach boxing at one time. And um, uh, I, re I remember one of the kids who we were teaching, uh, he was released because uh, uh, he, he turned 18 or 21 years old. I think he turned 18 years old. But when he was younger, I think around 14 or 15 years old, he had actually killed someone. Now, he was, you know, through jail and everything like that, he had been rehabilitated. And, uh, you know, when I talked to him, he sounded pretty much legit and, and, and just really, you know, on the up and up. Now, he hasn't killed anyone um, since, and, he, and he's out. His whole record is just like completely wiped out. And he works over at a restaurant. He's a chef over there. And he's, he has his life, you know, he's, he's on the right path, right? So apparently, you know, some kids can be rehabilitated or right now emotionally you know to be honest i'm thinking this kid should get the electric chair or something you know or hang this guy or just you know just just, just shoot him and we'll be rid of this satan little little satan you know uh you know in the future i don't want this guy walking around but maybe i have to entertain the idea that maybe he may be able to be rehabilitated it's kind of scary though that's a big risk that's a really big risk all right now Next topic, next topic. Um, I want to talk about Derek Chauvin and the George Floyd case. I'm not sure if you heard about this, um, but Derek Chauvin, uh, he just asked for his sentence to be completely reversed. Yep, he is appealing his entire sentencing. So uh, I'm going to get into that. I have the article right here out in front of me. I'm going to read um, excerpts of it. And uh, I'm going like, to kind of dive into the case and give you my opinion on what should be done. Uh, it could be the wrong opinion, of course, because, again, it's just my opinion. All right, so I'm going to cut to commercial, and hopefully you'll be back. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning back into my podcast. 
We are going to be talking about Derek Chauvin's appeal in just a few moments here. But before I dive into that subject, I'm sure you're probably wondering what my opinion is on George Floyd and Derek Chauvin and this entire fiasco that's going on. Uh, now, just to make it clear, my opinion is my opinion. You may disagree with it 100%, uh, that, but that does not give you the right to try to censor me or dox me or do anything like that, all right? This is America. We have the right to hold different opinions. We have the right to offend, and the First Amendment, it protects offensive speech. It protects speech that you don't agree with. Now, you may actually disagree with me 100%, and I won't like your opinion, not whatsoever. But that doesn't mean you can't hold your opinion. And that's what makes America so great. So just remember that. We live in America. We don't live in a communist society, right? So just let things be if you disagree with my opinion, right? If I get things wrong, hey, send me an email. You know, if you send, if you really disagree with me and want to, want to express your, your, your opinion why I'm wrong, send me, send me an email. Maybe I'll change my mind. And that's how we, that's how we learn, right? That's called character growth. And I would love to grow as a character. You know, I'm only 45 years old. I think I have a lot more years left on this planet. So if I can learn anything more and you can possibly direct me in another, toward another avenue that's a lot brighter, you know, that's perfect, okay? No one's perfect. Okay, now, what do I think about George Floyd? Now, number one, I don't think he's a good guy. I think he's a criminal. Uh, I actually think he's a bad guy. In real life, if I ever met George Floyd, I would never have him as a friend because number one, he's been in and out of prison. Don't really enjoy that too much. Um, and uh, number two... He's on and off drugs. I really don't like that. Now, number three, <laughs> this guy was a former porn star. Now, he wasn't a really big-time porn star. Not to say there's anything bad with porn stars, but he, was, he also started a porn, I guess, as a way to make money. And that's not very good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be hanging around porn stars all the time. And, uh, but the number one reason, too, is that one of his crimes that he was arrested for, that he was in jail for or prison for, was that he broke into a woman's house. Um, there are rumors that he pistol whooped her. I've heard different, um, I guess, different different reports. But he broke into her, her house, uh, dressed as a plumber that was operating in the area, asking to look at her plumbing, to check out her plumbing or something like that. And uh, when he broke into their house, they, they, they tied this woman to the chair or something like that. And they started looking for money. And they ended up not finding enough money. They ended up stealing her car. And uh, it just wasn't great. It really, was, it really wasn't good. Why did he do that? I don't know. Uh, he just also happens to be friends with, you know, um, uh, some, I think some basketball stars. I'm not sure how that works out. Why would a basketball star celebrity be friends with this type of person? That kind of raises my, raises my eyebrow a little bit, right? You know, it's kind of like when Michael Vick, he was friends with a lot of bad people. A lot of these stars, they still keep the company of really bad people, if you're wondering. Um, but it, it just raised my eyebrow about that basketball star who actually supported George Floyd. George Floyd's not an angel. He's not a person that you would want your kids to be like, okay? And um, there are some like uh, memes out there I've, I've seen on social media where the lib where liberals are just defending George Floyd, saying that if he wasn't, if he didn't get killed by you know you know Derek Chauvin. Uh, he would have been an astronaut, he would have been a lawyer, he would have been a movie producer, an actor. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't think any of those are true. Now, 
maybe he could have turned his life around, but the odds are more than likely not he would probably relapse on drugs and go back to prison. Uh, the reason why the cops showed up that day was that he was trying to use counterfeit money to buy stuff. And the, the, um, the I guess the, the convenience store owner actually called the cops on him. And the reason why he got into this entire, uh, I guess, incident, I guess this episode, why, he, why his life ended, is, was that he didn't comply with the officers that arrived on scene. Uh, it looked as though he was high on drugs. It really did. Now, I took a look at the entire body cam footage from all angles. You know, the entire body cam footage was released far after the riots went on. Now, I'm not sure why the body cam footage wasn't released before because it told, well, I do know why. It told a different picture. It told a story that what happened there to George Floyd was not because of racism, all right? And, but I do believe that he died, that, that his life didn't have to end there, all right? So that's my opinion on George Floyd. Do I think he should be martyred? Absolutely not. Do I think his death was a result of racism? Absolutely not. Do I believe his death was preventable? I think possibly, just possibly. There's a very small sliver of hope there, okay? Now, what are the facts, other facts we know of the case of George Floyd? Well, before he was, uh, you know, before um, Derek Chauvin appeared on the scene, he was saying, I can't breathe when he was sitting upright in the back of the police SUV. Do you know that? He was saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And he was saying that I need to go down, I need to go down. Uh, and that's the reason why he ended up on the floor or, or on the street. The police did not pull him out of the SUV. He actually, he actually laid himself down. He was saying, he was telling them, he was telling everyone, I'm going down, I'm going down. I can't, and he was saying, I can't breathe way before anything was put on top of his neck. All right. Now, Derek Chauvin shows up. And what he does, I don't think was necessary. Um, George Floyd, while he was being difficult and not sitting down and acting, you know, incoherently, he was not someone who was just, you know, failing his arms you know, around and, you know, you know, you know, you're running around like, like, like some crazy person where they had to restrain. Uh, he was very, he was a subordinate type of criminal, right? He, he wasn't even in his, in his right mind and he was not. You know, he, he was not like a, a slimy worm trying to get away from there. So I don't think there was no need to put a knee on the back of his neck or the back of his shoulder. So in that case, Derek Chauvin did not, and all the cops there, they kind of like, you know, they didn't do a good job. They really, really didn't do a good job, right? Now, could, he have, could they have done something different? Of course. But hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is always correct. It's always 100% correct because you could all, you could have always done something differently. I know a lot of us have made accidents out there. We said, man, if I had a time machine, I would go back and do something different, right? Then I could have not, not hurt myself. I could have not sprained my knee. I could have not crashed my bike into that car, whatever it is, right? You know, but hindsight is always 2020. It's always correct. And in the heat of the moment, humans make mistakes. And I think this was just a mistake. Is Derek Chauvin an asshole? I don't know. Was this racist? I don't think so. Do you know for a fact that when uh, George Floyd was pulled over, well, not really pulled over, when he was a, uh, when when he well, he was in the SUV when the cops arrived, right? So technically, he's, he wasn't really pulled over. But when the when the cops arrived on scene, why don't we just say that, right? When the cops arrived on scene, there were two other black people in that SUV, and what happened? 
they complied and they lived. They weren't even arrested, okay? George Floyd, you know, the reason why everything happened was that he just didn't want to comply. He didn't want to go into the SUV, you know, he did. He, he ended up on the ground. He, if you do stuff like that, it doesn't matter what your the color of your skin is, you know, I'm full Chinese. You know, if I do stuff like that, there's there's an opportunity of me getting killed by, you know, people of authority because... You know, I'm just not complying with their orders. There comes a point where you have to comply. Now, again, could Derek Chauvin could have done something better? Of course, 100%, right? Now, it looks as though George Floyd was dying uh, from some type of heart attack or something like that, you know, prior to going down. It looks as though he was having a heart attack saying, I can't breathe. And that that's usually coincides with your heart like some type of heart failure, unfortunately. And most of that was probably, you know, happened because he was really, really high on drugs. You know, when they did an autopsy on him, they found all types of drugs inside of him. And uh, the, the coroner did make a report saying that, hey, you know what? This death could have resulted, uh, you know, I mean, his death resulted from drugs. And then I think one autopsy, another autopsy, a second autopsy that was uh, performed said that drugs... Drugs were the cause, but because he was on, but but because he was restrained a certain way, maybe it helped accelerate, you know, the, I guess the, accelerate his death, right? Which was inevitable. So I'm not sure what that means. So was Derek Chauvin at fault at all? Well, again, I think somewhat. Now, Derek Chauvin, though, he went to court um, and, uh, he really had an unfair, uh, I guess, I guess, an unfair a disadvantage. Why don't we just say he was the, the 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 deck was stacked against him when he went to court? Okay, uh, he was technically the Satan of America at that time. He was the Satan of the world. Everyone in the world hated Derek Chauvin. They looked at him. They classified him as a white supremacist. I don't think that's fair. I really, really don't. So I'm going to read this article by NPR.org right now. I kind of give my opinion on what it is. And then we're going to get into the Minnesota statutes of, you know, murder in the second degree, uh, murder in the third degree, and also manslaughter in the second degree. And Or is it the third degree? We're going to see what it is here, second degree manslaughter. And um, we're going to get into each one of these and see if any of these actually apply. And we're going to put ourselves in the jury. And, you know, let's see if you, you, you agree with the sentencing of Derek Chauvin. Okay, so, so uh, we'll both do it together. And I'll try to get through this whole entire lawyer speak here because it's kind of crazy. I, you know, there, there's some words in here that I had to Google. And, uh, you know, I may still have to Google a lot of them because, you know, there's some, there's some really big words here, to be honest. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know it existed until now. <laughs> I'm not a smart guy, okay? All right. So let's get into this NPR org article. So one year after he was convicted of murdering George Floyd, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has filed an appeal hoping to overturn the jury's verdict and reduce the sentence. Hennepin County Judge Peter Cahill sentenced Chauvin last June to 22 and a half years in prison for the murder of George Floyd after he was found guilty of unintentional second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Now, Chauvin is asking for the Minnesota Court of Appeals to take one of the three actions, toss his conviction and send his case back to Hennepin County, reverse the result and order a new trial in a new venue 
or order Chauvin to be sentenced to a lesser punishment. All right. So in court documents filed this week, Chauvin's attorney, William Mormon, laid out a number of challenges to his conviction, including a long-held insistence that Cahill, that's the judge, should have moved the trial to another venue because of the massive press coverage. Mormon also said witnesses weren't properly handled and jurors were intimidated by protests and security measures. And he alleges that prosecutorial misconduct and other factors prevented Chauvin from getting a fair trial in the closely watched case. I agree to all three. 100% all three. Uh, Chauvin's punishment also exceeded the state's minimum guidelines but fell short of the 30-year sentence prosecutors had been seeking. Chauvin's attorneys say Cahill couldn't apply the sentencing guidelines correctly. They argue, for instance, that the judge should have included abuse of a position of authority, no, shouldn't have included the produce of, hold on, they argued, for instance, that the judge shouldn't have included abuse of a position of authority as an aggravating factor in Floyd's murder. Okay. All right. So that's basically it. <laughs> that's it. Oh, there's another sentence here too that is kind of strange. The par- it's written, this paragraph is written pretty poorly, so I'm just going to paraphrase it here. But apparently, the appeal judge told Derek Chauvin's uh, um, a lawyer that the appeal had to be kept to a 17,000 word limit, all right? I mean, I'm not sure if that's a regular thing, I guess, with all appeals, but to have a word limit on an appeal, I mean, this is, this is justice right here. So if Derek Chauvin is, you know, actually innocent, okay, you know, there shouldn't be a, a word limit on his appeal. That, that's just my opinion. I mean, you have word limits on, like, you know, journal, journalists and because you you want the article to fit perfectly inside a news column, but to have like a you know a word limit you know on a an appeal that just seems really 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 strange. Now, let's take a look at what he's actually guilty of. So I'm going to read through the statutes here. That these are 2021 Minnesota statutes, uh, murder in the second degree. All right, murder in the second degree. So there's uh, two subdivisions here, and we'll see if this applies to um, Derek Chauvin. Uh, Warning here, uh, (laughs) there's a lot of lawyer speak, a lot, a lot, a lot of lawyer speak, and I may be interpreting it wrong because I am not a lawyer, but we're going to try our best. So subdivision one of murder in the second degree, this is, you know, Derek Chauvin is on, I guess, on trial. You, you You are sitting in the juror's seat. Here we go. Subdivision one, intentional murder or drive by shootings. So whoever does either of the following is guilty of murder in the second degree and may be sentenced to imprisonment for not more than 40 years. So there's two causes here that we have to look after. Cause number one, cause of death of a human being with the intent to affect the death of that person or another, but without premeditation. So basically premeditated. This was a death that was not premeditated, a murder that was not premeditated. Okay. All right. Number two. Causes of death of a human being while committing or attempting to commit a drive-by shooting in violation of Section 609.66 under circumstances other than those described in there. I don't think this applies because there is no drive-by shooting. Okay? So let's take a look at the first cause, right? Causes of death. Causes of death of a human being with intent to affect the death of that person or another. Yes, they use the word affect. So let's try to read this again. Causes of death of a human being, okay, 
with intent to affect the death of that person or another, but without premeditation. To be honest, this is very confusing. I'm going to try to read it again. Causes of death. What can cause a death, right? Of a human being. Got it. With intent to affect, E-F-F-E-C-T, the death of a person or another, but without premeditation. So what does this mean? Causes of death of a human being. There's a lot of causes of death of a human being, right? (laughs) I don't get it. I really don't understand that one. Okay, so maybe it applies, maybe it doesn't. Subdivision two, unintentional murders. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Unintentional murders, first cause. Causes of death of a human being without intent to affect the death of any person while committing or attempting to commit a felony offense other than criminal sexual conduct in the first or second degree with force or violence or a drive-by shooting. Again, there's this causes of death thing. I don't understand. Number two, causes of death of a human being without intent to affect the death of any person while intentionally inflicting or attempting to inflict bodily harm upon the victim where the perpetrator is restrained under an order for protection and the victim is a person designated to receive protection under the order. I think they may be talking about a TRO. Um, But this is unintentional murder. I don't understand lawyers speak. I'm sorry, people. Causes of death of a human being. I don't understand that. There's, there's so many things that can cause a death of a human being. So why did they say causes of death of a human being? There's so many causes of death. All right, next. <laughs> next. So for this second degree thing, the way this Minnesota statutes are written, I am drawing a blank. For second degree, I'm sorry, I can't say yes or no because I don't understand your lawyer speak. Especially the first part where it says causes of death of a human being. (laughs) What? Okay. Let's go on to the next one. (laughs) Okay. Murder in the third degree. Whoever without intent affect the death of any person causes of death of another by perpetrating an act of eminently dangerous to others and evincing a depraved mind without regard for human life, is guilty of murder in third degree and may be sentenced to imprisonment for not more than 25 years. There's that phrase again, causes of death, which just drives me nuts. Okay, let me try to read this over again. Whoever, without intent to affect the death of any person, causes of death of another by perpetrating an act imminently dangerous to others and evincing a depraved mind without regard for human life, is guilty of murder in the third degree. You know, there's a reason why this jury went back to the judge over and over again to have them to get a definition um, of these statutes. Uh, I remember them going back and forth and again because I am just confused as hell. All right. Let's, let's try number B. Whoever, this is, we're still on murder in the third degree, second cause, uh, whoever without the intent to cause of death, proximately causes of death of a human being by 
directly or indirectly unlawfully selling or giving away, bartering, delivering, exchanging, distributing, or administering a controlled substance classified. Okay, so I think this one, they're saying that if you sell drugs to a person and they accidentally die, you're probably guilty of murder in the third degree. <laughs> you know, when I'm part of these writers groups, I have these lawyers who come in who want to be writers. You know, they want to write novels or scripts. They write like this. And it's so hard to decipher what the hell they're talking about. Okay. Manslaughter in the second degree. A person who causes of death another by of the following means is guilty of manslaughter in the second degree and may be sentenced to imprisonment for not more than 10 years or to pay or to a payment of a fine of not more than $20,000 or both. So there's six, no, I'm sorry, there's five reasons there. By the person's culpable negligence, whereby the person creates an unreasonable risk and consciously takes chances of causes of death or great bodily harm to another. Okay, I think they mean causing death, not causes of death. Um, okay, Derek Chauvin may be guilty of that one. Um, by shooting another with a firearm or dangerous weapon by result of negligently believing the other to be a deer or animal. So apparently you can shoot a person, you actually think they're a deer or animal, and then you're manslaughter in the second degree. All right. Uh, by setting a spring gun, pitfall, deadfall, snare, or other like dangerous weapons or device, and you, I guess you kill someone accidentally, um, that's manslaughter. Okay, I understand. That doesn't apply to Derek Chauvin, though. By negligently or intentionally permitting any animal, okay, that doesn't apply. Um, not going to go on to that one. <laughs> By committing or attempting to commit a violation of 609.378, negligent or endangerment of a child, okay, that does not apply. So the first one may apply. Uh, by the person's culpable negligence, whereby the person creates an unreasonable risk and consciously takes chances of causing a cause of death or great bodily harm to another. Ugh. I'm still hung up on that phrase, causes of death. <laughs> All right. So, I don't know. Because I can't, I can't understand murder in the third degree or murder in the second degree. I can understand murder, manslaughter in the second degree. So, I just don't know. I really don't know. And, and I think that's the jury, if you remember, came back to the judge and kept saying, what does this mean? What does that mean? You know, what does this mean in layman terms? And um, I think because this, the statutes are not written in layman terms, the jury was really confused here. I'm really confused. Are you confused? I'm reading it slowly to you. This is horrible. This lawyer speak thing. Okay. Okay. Now. Why don't we just say this? I think the jury pool was tainted because, you know, everyone and their sister and their sister's brother's roommate hated Derek Chauvin. I'm not sure even if you moved the, the case to a different state, would he have gotten a fair trial? Now, when Derek Chauvin put his knee on top of um, George Floyd's neck, I thought that was a horrible thing. When I saw the video recorded on the cell phone, I just said, there's really no excuse for this. Then when I saw the video in full context, I still said there's really no excuse for this, but Derek Chauvin is not a racist, all right? But, and Derek, this was not done out of hate. 
But that's the way the left wanted you to interpret that. Now, my question is this. You know, why did the police department withhold the body cam footage? Because if they would have told, if they would have showed that story of Derek, of the death of George Floyd in full context, I think America, America would have been, I guess, much different. I think this entire narrative that America has a, has a problem with white supremacy would have been much different. I think the Redskins would still be able to keep their name. Because apparently after, you know, this whole Derek Chauvin, George Floyd thing, America's sensitivity dial just got dialed up 1 million percent. You know, all of a sudden you had, you know, liberals who are just apologizing, you know, to, to blacks for being white when they really didn't need to. You had people who were apologizing for being white, you know, apologizing for slavery when they never even owned any slaves, apologizing to blacks who were never, who were never slaves at all. And let's not, you know, let's not get past the fact that, and this is a really horrible thing to say, but you, do you know that Jay-Z, a lot, of, a lot of football stars, a lot of basketball stars, uh, you know, Beyonce, Michael Jackson, and everyone, they can trace back their roots to slavery. Now, that's, now here's the thing. If they would have not, if their ancestors would have not been slaves, they would have not been given the opportunity they would have been given in America. All right. And they would have not become these really rich billionaires. Jay-Z's a billionaire. You know, Oprah's a billionaire. They would have not became this people who they actually are. And this is, you know, this is the positive things in a way. I mean, this is a horrible way to put it. But because of slavery, you know, they have become what they are. Because America, because slavery was here as part of America, as part of the transatlantic slave trade, right? There's, you know, it was going on back then. But because America got rid of slavery, because they were in America afterwards, right? And they were set free. And they were set free to, you know, to embrace capitalism. These blacks, right, are much better off than their blacks who are not enslaved in Africa. You know, the blacks who did not come over to America, who are not enslaved, the blacks who are still there in Africa, they still go through a lot of, like, you know, apartheid over there. You know, some of them are in, are in actually, you know, slave countries over there. You know, the North American slave trade, you know, they came from that North America, the North Atlantic slave trade, all right? Uh, that, that came from a lot of northern uh, parts of Africa, okay, which are highly radical, they're, 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 um, they're run by very radical Muslims out there. And those Muslims enslave a lot of blacks there. And it's not a good thing. And there's a big chance, there's a really big chance that if slavery did not exist back then, that we would have no Oprah, no Michael Jordan, no Michael Vick, you know, no Beyonce, you know, none of these people. So in a way, it all worked out in the end. It's not a good way to look at it, but in a way, there's still some silver lining in it, right? And we have to take a look at that because America is that great of a country. It really, really is. A lot of Africans who I talk to, and, you know, I, I mean, a lot of friends in, in Africa, like a lot of them want to be screenwriters. A lot of them are, they they're all want to, want to be film producers. And, uh, you know, they look at America, um, not through a racist lens, but as a beacon of hope. They would love to come to America to become filmmakers. They would love to work in Hollywood. They would love to bring their vision. And they don't like this, 
this stereotype that America has of people who live in Africa, that though they live in huts, you know, you know, hunt animals and everything like that, they love modernization. They have smartphones. You know, they, they love high-end camera equipment. You know, they're, they love capitalism. They want to be rich. They want to be like Beyonce. They want their own country to be like America. You know, they want freedom. They want freedom of speech. They want freedom of religion. They want all these great things. You know, they want, um, they want fair elections. And get this, a lot of my friends who are over there in Africa are Trump supporters. So, you know, everything, everything that happened, you know, between George Floyd and, you know, Derek Chauvin, I believe it was used by the Democratic Party to really just rip our entire country apart. And then it was used, unfortunately, as a tool to get Joe Biden elected. And that's really what it was. That's unfortunate. Because again, they withheld the death of George Floyd. Uh, they, they withheld the body, the body cameras, right, uh, from being showed. And they wanted the death of George Floyd. Uh, they wanted that story to be told out of context so that cities would burn, that people would point the finger at Donald Trump, and that Joe Biden could sweep in and say that, hey, look at me. I'm here to fix all your problems. And now look what we got. Just look what we got. We were fooled. You were fooled if you voted for Joe Biden. And you know what? <laughs> the results of Joe Biden's presidency is not a good thing, all right? Again, you may regret voting for Joe Biden. Hindsight is twenty twenty, like we keep saying, right? But we just have to move on. Do I think Derek Chauvin should get an appeal? Absolutely. Uh, but I do think he should be sentenced for some type of manslaughter. You know, what he did, you know, even though he was following protocol, they could have handled that situation much better. <laughs> there was no need, you know, to follow through with a knee on the back or the knee on the shoulder, a knee on the neck. Uh, from some angles, it looks like it's a knee, a knee on the neck, a knee on the shoulder, to be honest. Um, but even that, there's no sense to have, you know, four cops on there, you know, he's not like a flight risk. He's, yeah, I know he's bigger than them. He's no, I know he's a lot stronger than them, but he wasn't like beating them up. Uh, he, he was just, he was just being, you know, butthead, it was kind of difficult. And then on top of that, he was probably dying from a, from a drug overdose. Well, that's my opinion, people. Take it for what it is. Again, you know, if you disagree with me, fine. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. There'll be more of these later on, and I'll be talking to you all later. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ TO Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ 2 Movies. Catch you around.